Today's message is titled, A God Who Knows. I want you to think about something. This is a rhetorical question. You don't got to answer it out loud. So uh, one, one question that I have for you this morning is, how many people do you know? How many people do you know that you really know? I don't mean how many friends do you have on social media. I don't mean how many people do you follow on Twitter. What, what I mean is how many people do you really know? If you think about Jesus, he had 12 people he really knew, and then he had three people that he's really close to when he walked the earth. But for us today, how many people do we know? There's a myth that says that you are seven people away from knowing everyone in life. So it means I know between my seven friends, we know everybody on the earth, and it's a myth. But it could be pretty, pretty accurate, because all of a sudden, have you ever talked to somebody, you're like in a different state, and you're talking about someone, and sharing like, oh yeah, I'm a cousin of this person, like, oh my gosh, I am too, and then all you find out you're related. Have you ever experienced any of that? Is that just me? Has anyone left Iowa? Raise your hand. <laughs> Good. Good for you. And you came back. God bless you. How many people do you know? If you've lived in the Quad Cities long enough, you're going to find out that um, we are one person away from knowing everyone. <laughs> one person. Uh, always ask people's family before you date. You know, <laughs> the Quad Cities, it's weird. Like, it, everybody knows everyone, but yet alone, the Quad Cities is like 470,000 people, but we all seem to know each other in some way. So I'm going to ask that question again. How many people do you know? Would you say it's like 20, maybe 30 people that you really know? You know what's going on in their life? You know what's going on with their, their marriage or what's going on with their, their home life, their job? That you really know them. Another question I have for us this morning is, how many people know you? How many people really know you? Like know your dreams, know, know your thoughts, know your perspective, know your passions, really know you. One thing that social media has made really well is everyone can kind of know of you, right? Because you're sharing pictures and, and you're trying to express yourself. This is, this is my view on this and you share it with the world. But how many people really know us? Know our fears. title of this message today is A God Who Knows, because Jesus knows. Jesus left heaven to come to earth to be born in a manger. God's only son to be born in a manger so that you and I can know him, so we can know him. And the Bible says that God knew Mary he knew her, the mother Mary, he knew her so well that he trusted her with his son. Have you ever thought about that, that God trusted Mary with his son? 
trust her because I know her. I know her thoughts. I know who she is. I know she's a good woman. I know I can trust her with Jesus. I remember when Ariel, our daughter, was first born, and everybody wanted to hold our baby. Has anyone else experienced that? Where everyone's wanting to hold your baby at all times? And so we'd show up to church, and we'd go to family get-togethers and stuff, and, you know, like, some of her siblings were dating other people. And, like, we're just, like, handing her off. I would, you know, especially kids. Why do kids always want to hold babies? But, you know, kids, I'd hand off her, okay, well, you're 10, I guess. Here you go. <laughs> I, I kind of know you. I trust you. But Amy, on the other hand, was a totally different scenario. I remember um, her brother, Robbie, was dating a girl named Amy also, and uh, she was holding the baby. It was around Christmas time, and everybody's got together, and she's holding Ariel, and Amy walks over and goes, hey, give me back my baby. I don't know you. (laughs) It's a legitimate statement. Like, give me my baby. She didn't know her, but God knew Mary enough to go, here you go. Here's Jesus. Raise him up. I'm trusting you, Mary. You're going to do a great job with them. That responsibility. And Mary thought so far ahead and did such strategic planning that she left her hometown to go to another hometown, her original town, so that Jesus could be born in a hotel. Wait, no, the hotel was full. And so they had to have Jesus born out in a barn in a stable. It was before Hotwire and Airbnb. So, you know, Jesus wasn't, this wasn't even like part of the plan. He trusted Mary so much that she went out there and had Jesus because he knew her. Just like God knows you and I, he knows us. Isn't it good to be known to really be known by someone, to be able to be honest with people. This is really how I feel. This is really who I am. No mass. That's the way God knows us. As we've been reading in the book of Acts, been seeing that Paul, Paul's been going from town to town and he's been discovering that people don't know God. They know of God, they know religion, but they don't know God. And so we're going to be looking at Acts 17, 22. You see that Paul gets to a brand new town. He's sharing the gospel with them. And they're so stuck on religion, they're having a hard time seeing what is the gospel. What is Jesus all about? Who is this Jesus? And Paul makes it really clear to them. And so I'd love for us to read that today. Acts 17, 22. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then we're going to jump right in. Lord, we thank you for um, this time that we just get to remember who you are, how much you love us, how much you've uh, cared for us, how much you are in our lives in every aspect. And so, Lord, I just pray as the the, um, words of this uh, passage come across, God, that it would be not my words. Lord, would you fill me up with your spirit so I can speak loud and clear your passion for each person in this room? Just choose to get out of your way. And Lord, I just pray for each one of us in this room that we could just open up our hearts, open up our minds, people tuning in online, 
Lord, that our hearts would be available and listening and tuning in. God, I want to know you. I want to know you more. Just have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have Paul. He's in a brand new town of Athens, and he's actually going to have a, a group of people have actually gathered to to uh, hear what he has to say. And so he has a captive audience, and here's what he has to say to them. said, Paul stood up in the meeting of Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. I see in every way that you're very religious. So he knows the town, he's gotten to meet people, and he's learned that this town is very religious. I would kind of clump the, the Midwest into that region. You know, just very religious. Religion. We know of religion. We, we, we've heard about it. A lot of us have maybe grown up in it. And so this town was very religious. And I would say this is a pretty clear experience for most people with their relationship with God. Religion. Religious. I see that you're very religious. The man upstairs. I see you kind of know him. You've, you've heard of him. That this God that's foreign, that's, that's very far away from your life, that's detached from everything in your life, that this is religion. Well, the man upstairs is upset with me, so I got another flat tire today. <laughs> that is good. That's almost as good as myrrh, huh? <laughs> this God that doesn't want anything to do with my life, but I could kind of maybe earn his approval by being good enough and doing enough good deeds. Then he would know me. And so this was Paul's experience of the town of Athens. The people were very religious. They knew that. They knew religion. They knew the right things, the rules, the regulations. They understood that. So let's keep reading. Verse 23, for I walked around and I looked very carefully at the objects of worship. And I even found an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. So you're ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. So Paul's going to break it down. This is this unknown God that you'd love to know. But they had an altar that was dedicated to making food offerings and sacrifices to a God that they didn't even know. They didn't even know his name. Religion in a nutshell. This God that's upstairs, he's not a part of my life. I have no idea what he thinks of me, nor do I even know him at all. But I know he's out there somewhere in the midst. There is this God. I don't know his name yet. And this is where Paul found the town, that they were worshiping an unknown God. Let's keep reading. Uh, verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made the nations that should, 
that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history in the boundaries of their lands. So Paul makes it clear this unknown God that you're trying to worship, the one that you're trying to discover, is the same one that has known you since the beginning of mankind. Since the beginning of Adam and Eve, that God has always known you. He is not an unknown God, but you can actually experience him. You can know him. And you got to understand, this was really new for Paul. Because Paul was a very religious person. He knew all the right things to do to try to earn this God's approval, but he never knew God. And so he's explaining to these people with passion and, and excitement of, you can know God, this one that you've always wanted to know, the one that you would love to be known by, you can actually know him. He's the same exact one that gave the boundary of Adam and Eve in the garden and, and actually set aside the 12 different tribes of Israel. He's the God that's known you from the beginning of time and he didn't stop knowing you. He still knows you today. He knows us. And so this is Paul. He has this captive audience and is able to explain to people this unknown God that you always wanted to know. I know him. Let me tell you about him. In verse 27, he goes on to say, God did this so that each one of us would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. That distance that we've always felt between us and God, he's not far from any one of us. That barrier that we put up, that, that, that roof. Say, okay, God, like, I would love to know you, but I can only, I can only experience this. Paul says, it's, it's not that way anymore. It's not that way. This is why God sent his only son. It's so that me and you can know God. That we can truly know him. He's literally walked through everything we've ever walked through. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus walked the earth and walked through all the different things that we walked through. So when we relate to God, it's not we're relating to this far unknown God, but a God who knows. He knows what it's like to have his friends betray him. He knows what it's like to walk through things and actually have people dislike him. He knows what that's like. He knows what hard days are like. He knows what it's like to say, you know what, I can't even, I need to go and get away with the Lord myself. He taught us. He was an example. He's not an unknown God. He's a God that knows us. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. Jesus put a face to the name of God. When you think of God, think of Jesus. Jesus put the face to the name God. Everything God is is wrapped up in Jesus. The people he hung out with, the people he valued, the things he fought for. Jesus put a face to the name God so that we can know him, so that we can know God. This is a huge win for us. 
we actually get the opportunity to know God. To know God, the creator of heaven and earth, we can know him. Know him. Really know him. Know his thoughts. We can know God, but wait, it gets even better. There's myrrh. It's myrrh. God knows us. And that's comforting. That God really knows you. He really knows you. He knows you. He knows your struggles. He knows our insecurities. He knows the things we're battling. He knows us. The most beautiful part of that is not only does he know us, but he loves us, even though he knows us. I know for, for me, when, when I just discovered God really knows me, because I tried to run from a God that knows me, because I don't want God to know me. Right? There's only so much you share with people, and like to think, God really knows me? That's scary but then to receive the forgiveness of God that Jesus actually offered forgiveness and he knows me and loves me and forgives me. That's amazing. We get to know God and he knows us. He's a God who knows. There's a couple of ways that I just invite you this week even to, to apply this message. And the first one is, is as you talk to God, as you pray about something, I would love to invite you to just go ahead and start with the words, Jesus, what do you think about this? Jesus, what do you think? Ask him. If he knows you, if he's a God that you can know, then ask him for advice. Ask him what his decision is for this relationship that you're thinking about. Ask him what his uh, ideas are. Ask him for what he thinks of how you're parenting right now. Ask him for, for how you're doing right now. I had this really beautiful moment where uh, just went walking with my dogs and I just asked the Lord, God, how am I doing right now? Is, isn't that the question we all wanna know? <laughs> We have people that'll pat us on the back and we have other people that'll trip us up. But we really wanna know, how are we doing? And so I just asked the Lord, God, how am I doing right now? Jesus, how am I doing? Like with everything on my plate, how am I doing? The most beautiful part of that is the second part that you can implement and apply, try this out. Wait for him to answer. Wait for him to respond. 
Jesus loves to talk to you. He's a God that wants to be known. He does have plans for your life. He, he does have peace for your life. He does have joy for your life. And sometimes we're off to the next thing as opposed to just waiting for him to respond. We get ourselves in some pretty funky predicaments when we go ahead of Jesus sometimes. Has anyone else ever done that before? We didn't, we've never even asked Jesus what he thought of the idea. Wait for him to respond and listen. He's that still small voice. And sometimes you gotta wait, right? Has, has anyone ever experienced that where you invite God into a question that you have and then you're, you're waiting to respond? And sometimes his waiting saved you from a gigantic mess. So wait for his response. I really want to know what you think, God. Jesus, I want to know. Wait for his response. It'd be pretty odd if I picked up a phone and called one of you and then talked for 10, 10 20 minutes and then hung up as soon as I got done talking, wouldn't it? Right? So we can, we can do that with Jesus sometimes. To just sit in silence and go, God, I, I do want to hear. Wait for his response. This is a God who knows us, who wants to be known by us. And I just want to, I have a couple of minutes. Um, when you know that God knows you, you won't seek the approval of others as much. If we're so worried about what people think or for someone else to know us, we project that onto other people and it's, it's not their category. A person was never meant to fulfill another person. Jesus is the only hope to do that. The longer you're married, you realize it. Like, you, you know, I could never be enough for Amy. I try. But man, Jesus has rescued us that we're celebrating 20 years of marriage. It's totally the Lord. He's been our only hope the entire time that we can both run to him in times of need. So this is the best Christmas gift that I could ever give you. It's the best Christmas gift that God could ever give you. Is God wants you to know him and God knows you. That's it. This is where this relationship starts. It's not the man upstairs. This is a beautiful relationship of a life living together. Paul even says, in him we live and move and we have our being. It means that Jesus Christ is a part of our life, not only on Sunday morning, but all the way throughout life. It's the best Christmas gift we could ever receive. And it's available today, right here, right now, for each and every one of us. God is so passionate about your heart. He's so passionate that you get to know him and that you know that he knows you and he just loves you so much. So just receive that gift this morning. If there's been walls and barriers that have tried to block that, maybe you've had some really bad old teaching in the past of the Bible, I just invite you in this moment to shelf that for a second, to get through that that God does love you, God is for you, and he wants a relationship with you. He wants to save you. 
He offers salvation and forgiveness. So I'm going to go ahead and pray. And I just invite you, whether it's your very first time of going, yeah, I, I do want to receive that this morning. Or maybe it's your hundredth to a hundred thousand times of saying, Jesus, yeah, I just want to know you more. Just invite you to do that this morning. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you're an amazing God that just, just loves each and every one of your kids. Endless love. Unconditional love. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are among us, even this morning, even right here, right now, that you're among us. You're with us in all situations. You're with us in, in parenting situations. You're with us in school situations. You're you're with us in every single aspect of our life. You're with us at our jobs. So Lord, I just pray for a fresh uh, realization for each one of us in this room that we would just have a fresh perspective of a God who knows us and wants to be known by us. That this week would just be an amazing opportunity of getting to know you more, Lord. And being able to just share our hearts to you and know that that's a safe place. As we're looking for safe places to share things, Lord, would we run to you in that? Would you be our first choice? Have your way, Lord. I just invite you even right now to just say, Jesus, come into my heart and fill me with your love. Would you guys just say that with me? Jesus, come into my heart and fill me with your love. each one of us up. Your presence, Lord, we live and move in you. Amen.